0: why do I leave like why do you do what you do and uh, it's kind of weird because it's is something that uh, it, it matches um, with my life itself so it's um, it's basically what I am it feels like um, like I need to do it even if some time and and along the process it's um, it's a kind of Demanding and even a bit painful. It's it's something that um, that I feel like, a, like a, I really have to do it. Like so, um, uh, this is why I make art, basically.
1: Welcome to episode two of Lo-Fi Podcast. I'm John Wentz. Um, Something I'd like to mention that I didn't mention before is the idea behind Lo-Fi Podcast. The idea um, not only to interview mostly European artists, if I can, but it's also to do it with very little as possible, thus the name Lo-Fi may be pretty obvious. I want to be able to do interviews on the run, on the go. So I'm using pretty much only my iPad and then a little bit of editing in in the end. Uh, So today, or tonight rather, I sat down with Walter Adam Casotto. Walter is one of the residents here, the resident artist at the Art House Holland for Project 1606. So, Walter currently lives and works in London. Uh, He's worked on numerous TV productions as a camera operator and TV format creator. He's also worked as a senior prosthetic makeup artist in the film industry on films like Harry Potter, X-Men First Class, Prometheus, and The Hobbit. Uh, Running parallel to his work in the film industry, he's continued to work on his own personal projects including design work, painting, video projects, and sculptures. I first became aware of Walter's work uh, with the Project 1606. I honestly had not seen his work before. I knew a little bit, I mean, I've seen some of the the prosthetic, the movie stuff, um, but I didn't know it was him doing it. And then I saw his, the hyper-realistic sculptures when I was introduced to this project and I was immediately floored by them. What I really love about Walter's work and what I found so interesting is it's not just him taking prosthetic makeup and making it large. And that's the end of the story. There's an idea, and more importantly, an emotion behind the work that he produces. And on top of that, like everyone else here, he's just a really great guy, really open to talking about his process, his work, and what art ultimately is for him. So I hope you enjoyed uh, this discussion. We sat down in conversation last night for a little over an hour until uh, about 11, just after 11 p.m. And it's, uh, it was really eye-opening for me, something I really enjoyed, so I hope you do as well. And here we go. Okay. You set? Yeah. Okay, thank you for tuning in episode two of Lo-Fi. I'm here with Walter Casotto, uh, Walter is here at the Residency in uh, Leiden, in the Netherlands with us. Um, he's one of five artists working and is kind enough to sit down with me and have a little chat. Um, why don't we start, give yourself a little introduction, your name, um,
0: where yeah. you come from. Um, I'm Walter Alam Casotto and I'm from Italy. I come from a town uh, which is a bit more inland from Venice. And so I was born in Padua and um, um, then I moved uh, quite a lot um, in years. Um, I've been living close to Rome and then I moved to, to Milan and then I, I traveled to Spain and, and I spent a few years in London and then I think now I'm mostly back, back in Padua, these recent years. Which is near Venice. Yes. Close to Venice. Yes. Nice. It's only... 25 um, minutes uh, train to, to, to Venice from Pedro. It's
1: so amazing. You're so, you'd
0: so you realize how lucky you are. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and what, so
1: give a little bit of your background. So what? Mm-hmm. if anyone's not familiar with Walter's work, Walter um, is a hyper-realist sculptor, but also works in the movie industry, which I didn't know. So coming into this, like my background, like when um, Daniel gave us the name of the artist, I thought you were just doing hyper-real sculptures. I had no mm. idea you were involved in the film industry. Okay. So how, how did how you get started? And yeah, yeah, what's your background getting into art? Why did you choose what you chose and how did you
0: get into film? Um, I was uh, at the end of the high school mm-hmm. and I was um, asking myself, because I basically, uh, I should say that I really always wanted to be an artist. And um, I come from a middle <laughs> class family, like my parents didn't have much money to make me stu- study after the high school and so, um, but I always wanted to be an artist. I also was very fascinated by architecture and design, mm-hmm. um, but I as, I, as I said, I didn't have the money to carry on uh, studying. So. Um, I came up with this question, what, what should I do? Like that gives me the possibility to know all the techniques and, you know, trying to get into the art world, uh, um, learning how to paint, sculpting, mold making, because um, I also always loved painting, but I, but I think I pre- always prefer like get my hands dirty with um, more 3D, three dimensional. So you knew that from the beginning. You yeah, did. I certainly knew that from the beginning. So the question was, what could give me the possibility to do all these things together? Yeah. And and I was also fascinated by um, the cinema industry, like the. Also the lightnings, the, the lighting of scenes, like the light in yeah. the scenes, uh, you know this this form of art always uh, fascinated me, and I said, okay, maybe I should. Um, go that way and so then I can learn uh you know mm, no, get to know things like how to do things and and also earn some money out okay. of it while i do that then i'll I'll probably put an an art piece here and there if I have time and that what happened uh, along the along the years okay and now I got to the point where i i worked on Quite few movies, and and uh, I started to produce, uh, oh, oh, actually taking more time off from the art industry, as from the movie industry. Yeah. To do my own personal projects. Right. And now I, I I would just, I would like to do it just that basically. Just focus <laughs> on your final yeah, right? yeah, yeah.
1: Do you mind talking about the film side of it? Because I'm fascinated. What i found interesting about you is how you toggle between those things? Because you've worked on some big movies. I was mm-hmm. really surprised. Like, what are some of the movies that you've worked um,
0: on? I worked on Harry Potter, uh-huh. X-Men, um, Prometheus was a good movie, uh, the sequel from Alien. Yeah, yeah. What did you do on Prometheus? I I worked on the old age makeup on Mr. Wayland, oh, which okay, is the, okay. the big bad guy. Yeah, album. yeah. I remember that. And um, and uh, The it and... Uh, one of the recent movies that I worked on that I really loved was the Queen movie. Queen oh, the really? Band. Um, yeah. Was a did they just call it Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, was Bohemian Rhapsody? Rhapsody. Okay. You worked on that movie? Yeah. Okay, what did you do for that? I applied um, old age makeup on um, his father. Okay. Okay, on, um, yeah, on his father. On Freddie Mercury's Mercury. Yeah, okay. okay. Um, um well, you asked if, I, if I'm confident, like if, if I have any trouble talking about um, the, my job. Did well, you not if, it, if you had any trouble, if you wanted to. I don't know um, if you yes. have a hard line
1: where you're like, I, now I just want to be seen as a fine artist. Because I think, like if I put myself in your position, I, I, I would probably, I don't know, it, I could, people probably gloat on you, like, oh my God, you worked on this movie. Mm. And that would seem kind of odd to me. Because it's not your personal... It's amazing work, but it's not your personal work. Would you have work, any any problem
0: is. talking about it? Would I? I don't know.
1: Yeah, you would say, you would, you would maybe, say yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe a little... I don't know. If I think about it, because I'm so attached to my personal work, I, I think me personally, like, let, let's say... Yeah, I probably would a little bit. I'd be like, eh, I'd rather talk too. about my personal stuff. Me too. Okay, good. But, That's fair. No, That's no, fair. it's
0: totally fine. I'm, I'm just saying... Uh it can be a good thing, it can be a bad thing. Um uh, I I love what I did in the in, in the movie industry and I'm still working on, on that um nowadays and um but obviously it's like I got to the point where okay, that's enough. I just really wanna say what I have to say through the through the pieces that I produce, like from my right. from my art. And um that's it really. And but it, it's a funny f- misfeeling because because I never was quite a, a big fan of horror movies mm-hmm. or fantasy movies. I was so surprised <laughs> that Toxic had. I, th- I thought you were
1: going to be like, oh, Donna the Dead, oh, the uh, howling. No, you really. don't like horror movies.
0: Yeah, maybe when I was younger, I yeah, was yeah. more into horror <laughs> and fantasy movies. But uh, yeah, I, no, not really. Okay. Like, no, I'm not really big fan. Again, as as probably all the other all, all the like most of the other hyper-realistic guys sculptures, they come basically again from from the film industry, like from Mewek, yeah, Ron Mueck, yeah. Some Jinx, and many others. Mm-hmm. Uh So I think it's just uh, I don't know. Because you, you, you can get the possibility to put all these arts together. That is, um, it, it's very technical, you know, um, like producing a, a hyper-realistic piece. It's quite, there's it a lot of things you have to know that you have to put in line. to. Right, there's to a lot together. of skills that go in, different skills that go into each one. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to be able to sculpt very well because you, you go down to detail. Then you have to be a very good mold maker. Uh-huh. Uh, a silicone runner, a painter, an so hair the puncher, the the hair puncher, because okay. you, you, okay. you, Placing you, all the hairs. Yeah. Into the silicone, you punch oh all the hair. So it's, uh, there's so many things combined together and, yeah. um, this, what we do as props, as uh, fake bodies, dead bodies and prosthetic makeup, uh, it's all of this together. Yeah. But it's just on another field. And yeah, because you you most of the time change the scale, the structure, it it has a different value. It's basically um, the skills are the same. Right. techniques are the same. Yeah. And so these skills, like,
1: because I want to go into the fine art. um, But when you were starting like that in film, how were you learning each skill? Did you, did you learn hands on? Uh, myself, yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I didn't go to any academy type of course, sculpting course, wow. anything like that. Yeah. I I basically like learned on on the field. Okay. Cause I as I said I didn't have any money to carry on. That's why I was wondering, yeah, how you got. It's, uh, th- the only thing that I did after high school was uh, a really small uh, makeup course, like um, extemporary makeup, like uh, no molds, no nothing, just uh-huh. paper, latex and, and color. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like similar. the old school. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. And then, and then there was this company, uh, it, they were based uh, nearby uh, Rome, and I said, you know, guys, I'm going to stick around no matter what I'm going to uh, clean the floor clean the tables but I'm going to stay around for yeah. a while <laughs> and just pick things up yeah uh, yeah yeah and that's how it all started and then, then little by little they, they gave me some responsibilities some jobs and I and we started collaborating together for a few years and then all the rest happened yeah along the way and so it, it when you were young knowing
1: like you wanted to do art and I think you're like you were saying, like and even at that age you knew you wanted to do fine art. So film was kind of this this vehicle to get there. Because we had talked, like I had asked you the first time we met, like what was the movie like that got you into it? And mm-hmm. and you said it was Alien. Alien. And so in two thousand and one uh, Space Force. In 2001, oh, god, it was an amazing movie. Was it the and old age makeup at the end? There there's everything in there, the yeah, yeah, even yeah. The, EA, the apes. Oh, the apes are so amazing in that. It's amazing. like That and um, Planet of the Apes, I thought had Mm -hmm. some of the best ape makeup, but then you see anything in between that, and it's terrible. (laughs) Those are the two best. But now we have CG (coughs) apes, so we don't need that. Um, That's something I want to ask. We'll get back into the fine art, but I've always been curious. Is somebody who likes practical effects, I love practical effects, I love Rick Baker and Tom Savini mm-hmm. and some of those guys. What was your feeling of CG coming in and replacing a lot of that?
0: I, I got into that world just when all of this was happening. And um, at the very beginning, the people were like, uh, because you have to understand, like in those days, uh, Rick Baker and all the practical guys, they were gods. Yeah of the film industry um, and and this new three um, you know CGI thing was coming in and and slowly they kind of lost their position if I can say so yeah yeah um, and and now the, it's a bit opposite like the CG guys are a bit more of the gods like you know but at the end of the day then um, changed again. To the point where um, you need CGI and the CGI people needs practical. Oh, so it's, it's it's very much 50-50. Yeah. And yeah, there was a bit of a fight at the beginning. Like uh, even like people from the practical swapping to the CG, they were like... Oh, oh jumping ship <laughs> yeah. and you like, I better learn the, the ins and outs of the computer. Yeah, yeah you're not a real artist anymore, blah, 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 yeah, you're doing CG. You trader. You trader. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then if you ask any CG company and they will ask you, they will, they will tell you basically, uh, it's always better to work on a um, real reference, if any possible. Yeah. So to work on top with more CG. So it's a very much sort of a combination of the two. Oh, okay. That yeah, the, really yeah. makes a good result. Right. if needed otherwise it's either one of the two depending because it really depends down to the it goes down to the what type of effects you're doing okay yeah yeah. because yeah. it, if it's like proper makeup in the last years the, the the quality of the the prosthetic makeup got really really high yeah like new materials new everything like you know the, the, the quality it's super is it mostly well, the
1: quality or the techniques that they improved? It's te- Everything. Everything together.
0: Okay. Um, uh, around 90 uh, what was it 98, 96 was the first silicone makeup ever applied. And since then um, the silicone itself got much better uh, okay. and m- m- more, much more softer and very close the, to the softness of the skin, uh, and can you you can even balance uh, the 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 materials inside it can be softer it can be harder yeah and you can really decide the translucency and paint it uh, as well as real skin uh, so if indeed. you apply it properly you will never tell it's a makeup so yeah. silicone when, when silicone uh, kicked in um, the the quality of the makers were like. Going and this is what stuff. you said, like 96, 98?
1: Yeah. Then, how, like, something like, as we talked about, um, The Exorcist
0: and yeah. Max
1: von Sydow's yeah. old age makeup is still one of the best. Unbelievable. And at first, I remember seeing, like, I thought it was just because of the lighting, like, he was a lot in the dark, but then you see some of those daylight scenes, and they're
0: stunning, man. Yeah, it takes me, he's considered to be the, the godfather of, of prosthetic makeup. So he was just
1: that good back then. It didn't matter the materials. every
0: every single person person in the film in the makeup effects uh, considered that guy who just passed away uh, a few years back to be like the the super godfather of the prosthetic makeup. Yeah. And um, in fact, Rick Baker was one of his assistant. Oh. Okay. And then and then Kazuhiro. Right. Um. So, uh, basically, he was still working with uh, foam latex, mm-hmm. and, but then even camera got better, the quality of the film got better, and then he swapped into digital. It's, it would be difficult now to go back to, to do such a makeup in foam latex. Because of the quality of the camera, yes, the, right, yeah. You put that on four K, and it's gonna look mm, yeah. pretty ridiculous. Mm, uh, yeah, it yeah. won't move as good as silicone nowadays, right? Oh, okay. as, as well. Okay. But if you check online on, on Instagram, some of these guys, some of these bosses' um, Instagram page with all the sculpture they do, the the final makeup. If you are not. Mm, if you don't know what they're doing you will never tell it's a makeup that's that's basically yeah you will never tell unless you you're so into much you know this field or you know the guy yeah yeah. (laughs) just (laughs) apply the makeup on someone
1: and what um, because we haven't talked about like person like the stuff you've done but I've picked up in conversation that you've done a bit of quite a bit it seems like of old age makeup Mm. is that just something that you enjoy
0: I really enjoyed it but I think again it was connected to my uh, art thing because on my pieces I at least the theme that I'm that I'm working on at the moment it's Uh it's the time Uh, the the concept of time that we as human beings have in our mind and uh, it was always, basically, always fascinated me. The yeah. <laughs> like old, uh, like the old age makeups, and like the old, the old people, and and you know these relations that we have, like being child and being very old, and also some similar stuff that old people has with with the babies with childs. So okay. Probably. Yeah. And maybe maybe. That was just the reason, but um, yeah, that's why I like ah. old age makeups <laughs> so much. Yeah, no, like that's art. fascinating.
1: So, what, what was your transition then into fine art? What was, like, what was the first piece that you created that you considered
0: fine art? How did that come about, and what was it? Mm. One of the first, uh, for sure. I think possibly yeah, possibly the first was the old age makeup actually on myself. Uh-huh. Um. Basically, I I did this old age makeup on myself, and I got it applied on myself. I took pictures like, like like um, drive license pictures. Yeah, yeah. So very straight. Yeah, yeah. And and one from the left and one from the right side, and I uh, put it in a. In an envelope and I shipped it over to my parents, <laughs> 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 and obviously they didn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. And my sister filmed their reaction to it. Oh wow! Opening the envelope. Yeah. And I think straight away, almost straight away, my mother recognized me. Yeah. she recognized me, and and uh, and my father took a bit more, and then. It, Then my mother says, oh, I can see the nose, blah, blah, blah. And then my sister goes like, oh, so this piece is called We Were Never Meet at That Age. That's amazing. And my mom got all sad and she's almost started to cry. And and so that that was the, I think that was the, the turning point. Where I realized that okay, hold on a minute, like I'm doing this not just for makeup purpose, but uh, I'm doing it as as a, an art project, and, right. and yeah, but it's it's funny how to me it, it wasn't like a, like a strict line one or the other like um, uh, I don't know I just wanted to make stuff and and then um, and then we met this friend of us uh, who happened to be like a curator mm-hmm. and she, deci- she decided to work with, work with us and she, she basically then she saw why she could tell me why I was doing each piece in that sequence and, and why they were connected and that okay. uh, without me realizing it. Uh, she, she she at could the continuity she, yeah you know, she she could see like a, ps- a psychiatrist how do you call it oh uh, yeah like a psychologist psychologist yeah, yeah yeah and she could she could tell me uh, why i was doing that why i did that and why i did the other after that cuz Cause, yeah. cause all my all of my pieces are like almost all of them uh or uh, at least the, the very f- uh, first ones they were um very personal yeah what were they? Do you mind me asking what the pieces And um, Like even this old age makeup, yeah. like I portrayed my father and my mother's eyes, like, oh, like the portrait. a portrait. Oh, large The large eyes. eyes. How big were they? Um, one is uh, one meter and a half, pretty much, per 80 centimeters. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just a, a magnified um, eye of my father. Uh, he really is a squint, a squint eye. So it's, can it's look, little, yeah. they can't it's,
1: see me looking at your side, but it's something.
0: Yeah, you, you can actually scroll down. Is this one. Oh, okay. You can close this window. I'm
1: looking at Walter's site right now. So this is In my father. Box. Okay. In the box 2015. Mm-hmm. So, so that's amazing. And... So what, for you, what's the, what was the the intention behind the piece? So this this is one of the pieces that she was seeing the continuity? Yeah, in, yeah. And you weren't aware yeah, all
0: of it. All, all yeah, okay. all of them. All of them. Okay. Yeah. This one, uh, my mother's one.
1: You did one of your mother?
0: Yeah. Uh, if you go down, this one this is my mother.
1: Man, that is so crazy. So she has a very different look this what was the why the different expressions
0: do you, you have any reason behind it oh uh, these, these two expressions yeah it's like to me it was um, I never had quite a good uh, relationship with my father okay and if you see he's squinting the eye like um, she's she, he sorry he doesn't want him, he, he wants to stop looking at reality okay. sort of thing uh huh um being also very male, if you want to, you know, he's yeah, a really um, tough personality. Yeah, we machismo. Have used, yeah. Do you have a word for that in Italian? Like in
1: uh, Spanish it's machismo. Yeah, yeah. Or what do you guys say? Uh, Molto macho. So moto. Oh, macho. That's <laughs> right.
0: <Yeah>, Molto <laughs> macho. Very macho. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. And my mother is in between opening or closing the eye. Yeah. So you can, you can't tell what way she, she's going. Ah, if she's okay. closing or opening the eye, it in a moment of where, he, you know, you don't clearly can tell. Uh-huh. And that, again, it's my, well, it's my view on my parents, basically. Um, and what else did you, so these
1: were in that series. What else was in there?
0: Um, you should go back. Okay. Oops. I have to go back again, yes, okay. Um, so I also did this one, which is quite a big piece.
1: Oh, this one's big, so this is a, uh, a hand. Oh, my, it's huge! A hand with a rosary around the wrist. Mm-hmm. How, how big is that hand? It looks like it's 30, yeah, okay. 120 centimeters by 50 centimeters by 60 centimeters. Yeah. That is huge. And so what's
0: the... That, that's my grandmother's hand. <clears throat> that's my oh grandmother's my. hand. And, and basically my that's father, my, my brother and I bought my grandmother's house. Because uh-huh. she didn't have money basically to carry on. and yeah. So we said, okay, we buy the house. And um, I, I happened to spend last three years um, on the first floor and basically living in the same house. And then she passed away. Um, but it, it, mm, I don't know, it's difficult to explain. Because I said, okay, I want to do this piece. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't quite realizing what I was doing. That's the funny thing. Because it's, it's also very strange. Because if you plan to do such a piece, uh, you're looking into three to four months of work mm-hmm. and more than one person. Right. Also, Martina was helping me and a few other of my guys. Yeah. In the workshop. So, but I, I was really um, saying, okay, I, I really want to do this. I really really feel that I have to do it to do it. And and then I realized it was her portrait and, and uh, it was also about how I was feeling about my country Mm -hmm. because I was never been quite happy about my country and I always wanted to live abroad. Okay. That's why I went over to London and never quite had good feelings about Italians in general. Really? Yeah. I'm I'm tempted to dig into that, but maybe... No, Uh, we don't have to. We can just talk about. No, there are good things and bad things in every um, culture. Yeah, and there, there certainly are um, things about Italians that I don't quite like at all. Uh, But anyway, so then this was representing as well uh, because it's also called. um, uh, Let's see if I can translate it. Mm -hmm. Translate it in because. It's called Stringiamoci a corte," which is like a passage of national um. What's it called? The national song. Oh, uh, the anthem. anthem. The national okay. anthem. Okay, and the translation is literally uh, "Let's get together." Corte. It's a typical way of fighting. Um, Napoleon' way of like a. It's a display. Um, it's a technical display to fight a war. Oh, okay, to,
1: okay.
0: A tactical maneuver? Is, exactly. Okay, okay. So it it's in the um, national anthem uh, line, okay? Okay. But basically, it's representing an old lady almost there to die. So you can never get together for a fight and to fight a war with a, that, almost that lady. Ah. Uh. Okay. So this is the view that I have about Italy, like a very beautiful country which is almost there to die. Right. And if you see, there there is the um, rosemary. Yeah, a rosemary. Which is hanging and like almost waiting, like. It almost looks like it's pulling the head down. Yeah, pulling the head down. Has a little weight to it. Yeah. And if Uh. you see, there are obviously in a hand five fingers, which. Yeah, uh, Are were five brothers of my the five, childs, you say? five children. Five children, right? Five children. Okay. <clears throat> so to me, it's my family, and also my country together.
1: Right. It's your identity. As yeah, personal and as a country. Yeah. It's really phenomenal. So that's amazing. You, in doing these works, like I, I would imagine like. Like you said, it takes months and many people to make these. Do you, in your process, how much of that is thought out? Because you're saying you didn't understand the connection between these pieces. I mean, was that, that was purely by instinct. You're like, yeah. I know I need to make a, a giant hand and I'm going to spend four months doing yeah. it. Yeah,
0: That's the funny thing. And I really felt like uh, I really wanted to do it. Yeah. And then that's why I was saying it was so magical for me to at um, um, Elisa, which was our curator, telling me all about this. Because she could see the story behind of what I was doing. And it was like a, like a huge shock to me. It was right. a huge shock. And
1: how do you... So with art and artists in general, how do you feel about that? Because I find myself, that's a big debate that I get into with artists, with gallerists, with everybody is... How much do you think an artist needs to be aware of what they're doing? Because I I would know people who would say like, that's something that you should be thinking about ahead of time, you should know this Mm connection, you should have all of this mapped out before you go across that landscape. I don't believe
0: so. I'm I'm also working with uh, quite famous artists and Uh they They, 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 well, they're telling me like, okay, it's, it's, uh, it's thought out, but not down to the, to the small details. The smallest details. Because someone can really surprises you. And also there's this funny thing where the, the, the art piece itself will reveal to you. Right. Like it will definitely, if it's a real thing, it will definitely find its place in the way that it has to be like you, you can you can push it but it won't work until oh, until the, the piece itself will tell you in a way will yeah. reveal like like let's say you 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 design a thing in one way and it doesn't work it doesn't work and then one day you know you left there something like um, i don't know what it can be anything and you realize you realize that It has to be different to become what you want it to be. Right. I know it's a bit difficult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I understand. That's
1: something I think artists would all understand. That's something I don't think you can explain to a non-artist. Yeah. It's a very... um, It's a bit magical. (laughs) It's a bit magical, yeah. That's a good way to put it. But do you... I think... See, I personally... I, I used to not think that. I used to be the complete opposite. I thought everything needed to be mapped out. I thought there was no magic involved. And the last two years, it's completely changed for me. Like I found my personal route, and I firmly believe that that there needs to be an area of unknown in Mm -hmm. your process. For me, Mm -hmm. for your an area of unknown, and yeah, this certain magic to it. um, Mm -hmm. In order for it to work and to communicate, I feel like because don't you feel like do you? Because my take was, if you map everything out so much and you have this very strong intention. Then you're almost on borderline propaganda. Like you might as mm-hmm. well be making commercials, or war posters. That reminds me, of
0: like you know, war posters of the '50s. Of yeah, the yeah. Day, you know, but I don't know. That's my take. Um, I totally get what you're saying, and and I've been and I'm still am um, like the one that really wants to plan everything. So, I haven't got an answer to that. To be <laughs> honest. But I, but I totally believe that, that uh, there should be room for magic to happen. Yeah. Because it has to be. And... I don't know. I'm just trying to find <laughs> the right words, but it's, it's difficult. Well, I don't think it, you can, right? In a way, yeah. if
1: there is that magic, it's the intangible. You can't put the word to it.
0: I think you, you have to plan something well, first of all, there is um, there is an idea that comes to you and um it comes from nowhere. Hopefully, I don't know right. about it. Well, is it for you? But to me, it's like that. Mm-hmm. I can't really understand what I'm doing, but I have like a, like a, an idea. Yeah. And, and it's still in my mind, in my mind, and it carries on, possibly even years. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you say, okay, I'm gonna do it. And then you plan everything but Mm -hmm. then then something else happens so if if it has to come up it will certainly do it itself like you go for it you plan everything and then and then then it will reveal itself yeah and then possibly after that you you understand what you did or at least that was for me yeah no I th- I agree yeah you can analyze it
1: in hindsight yeah. and then but you have to work instinctually to a certain extent
0: yeah I think so yeah
1: okay yeah, but I, I I'm wondering too as you're saying that you, how much cuz one I'm amazed that you could work in the film industry then because I imagine everything is very there's a lot of money involved there's <laughs> yeah. time so that's completely the opposite of what totally. you're doing in your fine art do, was that well no because you said you wanted to do fine art from the beginning was that part of the attraction? No, your no. It,
0: it's really boring for me to go to work in the film industry. Is it super boring? I'm so used to manage my workshop. Uh, Maybe even too much, to be honest. Yeah, because I would like to do so many things, and there are so many things to deal with that you don't want to deal with. <laughs> office stuff, whatever. Stuff. You guys
1: seem to do a lot of office stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, Too much.
1: Yeah. I think I've seen, since we've been here, I feel like half the time you guys are on your computers. I'm oh, so sorry. No, no. I'm not complaining about it. I, I feel no, bad I'm complaining. You <laughs> <right. laughs> no, I see what you're saying. No, it really I was like, Man, these are two of the busiest people I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. It's crazy. I don't know how you guys do it all.
0: I'm but getting mad. That's...
1: Yeah. That's normal. That's normal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and also I, I, I'm curious about the scale. Like how, why is it, how much a part of the artwork is it? How important is it? These are large pieces that you guys usually do. You're working on smaller things, life size now. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think it becomes, um, it's like natural, uh, to me, because if I do like a one-to-one scale hand, it will look to me like a wax, wax type of uh, museum, mm-hmm. in a way. Like it, I don't know. Again, again, I think it, it calls it calls you like is, I, the idea itself comes up as a as big as as it has to be. I think like you know what I mean. Like mm, yeah. yeah, I I when I. Pictured it in my mind. I saw like a big and 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 hanging from from the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lot of work, and and basically when, when you do sketches and let's say I we grabbed a big chunk of polystyrene and we started to just uh, sketch on top fingers and the hand and hanged it on the wall Mm -hmm. and you go okay no no it has to be bigger it has to be smaller and it can yeah because obviously it's it's a three-dimensional thing so you get around it you 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 look at from far and you say okay then then it has to be that big right you get a better idea of the scale Well it it was such an important thing like this end, and because at the beginning I didn't know why but it it was very important he 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 had to be big in my mind. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that makes But even I mean all your work
0: is pretty mm-hmm. big. <laughs> mm-hmm. The well actually with David Bowie uh-huh. um the original, the original idea was to make it a little bit smaller. Oh, <laughs> was it? Honest.
1: Yeah, that, yes. Bow is but humongous. then,
0: then for, for a reason or another, um, it became very big. It looks amazing on that scale.
1: Because I, I feel like when I look, I'm, I haven't seen the pieces in person, I really hope I can at some mm-hmm. point. But it's that thing that kind of, for me, the scale. It makes it more monumental. I mean, it's literally monumental mm-hmm. because of its size. But that hype, like if I saw the, all these pieces life size, they would feel like props to me probably. Mm. But the the size that you make them, it kind of takes hyperrealism, and then <coughs> makes it kind of unreal again in a yeah. weird way. Which which it displaces works. you. Yeah. 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 Thank you. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, it completely displaces you. You're, I've seen these real, real things, but then they're on a scale that is completely inhuman. It's like,
0: it's like, um, it's like a big sentence. It's not written on um on a piece of paper. It's, it's well big on the wall. Uh-huh. It's like, it's like a statement and it say, it's, it's there to tell you something. Right. Yeah. So, this is like message. a big big sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at me. But yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. Like um it's it's unreal again. You feel like small there. Yeah. Like if you were scaled down to the piece, not the piece right, scaled yeah. up.
1: And I guess yeah. also I this is the word I was searching for because I sculpture is so fascinating to me because It is very literal. Like painters, we deal with illusion. Everything is illusion. We're on a flat surface, so we've got to create that depth. What you do is very literal, but then by making it an unreal size, it takes away that, a certain literal aspect Mm -hmm. to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's not literal, because it's not a life-size sculpture. But it's literal in that it's hyper real. It has all the detail. It has all the
0: color. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, there's a piece of, of Paul McCarthy uh-huh. that just replicated this lady, naked, um, and it's one-to-one scale. Yeah. But the piece was about, as, as a community, uh, being very, um, wanted to see everything, everything in reality, like even the... Um, do you call it the, the apps that we use being always uh, looking on things um, but basically yes yeah, so the piece had to be one-to-one mm-hmm. and there, there was a reason to be that the original the scale mm-hmm. Is the voyeurism, how do you call it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because when something's one-to-one, piece,
1: I feel like you feel... It's like a mirror. You're looking at yeah, somebody else. Yeah, that's
0: why he made it one-to-one scale. Right. And the piece was about voyeurism. Right. That the human need to, to see things. Yeah. And the lady was uh, naked. But, yeah, this is this is a different take. Mm-hmm. So if you scale up things in, again in... I don't know. Yeah, I think it's more monumental in its. Um, I don't know. I think it's just what what we said basically. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's almost godlike. Now when I think about it, like, you're you're looking at a god. These huge things. It's just awe inspiring. It takes you to a different place. Mm-hmm. At
0: the scale, it seems like. But again, I did also like uh one to one figures, like the crispy can and also other pieces they were called garbage series. The garbage series? Yeah like normal uh all day life um oh. bottles and cans. So these are images of crushed cans and yeah replicated bottles in silicon.
1: Replicated as in it was. But how they're not painted as They, they are painted as, as skin. Yeah as flesh. Yes. Why? <coughs> it's really
0: creepy, by the way. Yeah, it's really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> I know,
1: it's super creepy. Oh man! They, so they're the like other?
0: abandoned uh, corpses, oh, okay. abandoned. You know, people. It. It talks about. You know, uh, the the mortality, of our. Uh, how do you say in English? Like uh, the body, the the involu- the vulnerability, the the body that we have is just a, it's just a box, okay? Yeah. So those pieces, like normal, uh, everyday pieces, they are like bodies. Uh huh. And it talks about the mortality that we have as 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 bodies as as objects. Ah, okay. our, our body is is just an object, and it uh-huh. gets old, and it gets crashed. And, and then it's abundant. So, oh, so, okay, so that becomes so, a metaphor for the body. Yeah, for the itself. body, it's exactly. Sorry. Oh, okay. And it's very creepy, but at the same time, it, it talks about what's inside the box. So oh, we, we okay, live yeah. in this box, but it's just the
1: box. Right. So the implication is what you're not seeing. Sorry? The, the, the implication is, the meaning is the thing you're not seeing. Exactly. It's empty. Exactly, out there. The, big one, the
0: big one. The uh, big one is dedicated to our curator, um, the one that we had from the beginning. She passed away because uh-huh. of a cancer. Oh man! And and is this, this one titled her. That's that's yeah. yeah that's titled her. It's dedicated to her. It's a big can. It's a large, big one. Uh-huh. And these are again uh, taken by. Real objects, and made it into silicon. You're taking making mold molds of them, out yeah. Of it, yeah. And where on these it says part of the
1: material is human hair. Mm-hmm. Where do you where's the hair? Is it something I can't see? Like yeah, you it's can. It's like, like an arm, so it's really yeah, really fine. thin.
0: Really, yeah, fine hair. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: You used real human hair.
0: Yeah, I also used my hair. Do you but really? I, yeah.
1: So your I DNA normally do is in here
0: yeah I normally put some of the hair in every piece if it has hair if it has hair <laughs> Is it just a personal thing for you? yeah I think mean, that's great And on Damien Hurst I put my father's hair <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Yeah these are stunning so basically um, also one thing that i that i really like it's not that i like but it's something that i that i use as a metaphor is like the these boxes as metaphor for our body again and and the skin it's it's mm, these all these hyperrealistic thing that um that i do it is just to talk about something that is over like behind that level of skin. Right. Behind the veil. Behind, behind the, the veil yeah, of yeah. the skin. Yeah. And again, for some reason <laughs> you may love it, but hyperrealism is not oh, one of my favorite type of art. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. You put eggs I, I into this? <laughs> I, I, I totally love the, the process. Okay but I also believe it's a really weird type of art. In what way? Because mm, it misses of a certain level of magic that you can, you can see in a, in a big colorful painting. Like, like, let's say in a painting, there is much to imagine. The, uh, everything is put together in a way that you c- can clearly see, uh, okay, it's a painting, it's a colors mixed together. Mm-hmm. Unless we are talking about hyper-realistic painting that I don't like at all. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff that you do, it's so... Um, it's magical in a way, like the way you stroke, you know, the way you paint, the the, the colors that, that you choose. It's... it's um. It's an, an image, like it's a constructed image, whether this one is just a replica of something that is already there in in yeah, life. Yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a one-to-one just, just, one translation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, That's I totally love all the process because there's so much control and so much the technique that you have to put in. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also trying to find a different take on it. it. But is part of that with the
1: scale? Yeah. 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 What else do you think? What would be a di- another?
0: Well, I guess the, um, the square things that I do, the cropping. Yeah. Yeah. Like chopping off pieces. I don't know. I'm still looking to, I'm, I'm still developing stuff. We'll see. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but it,
1: so if that's not the top, what what do you like to look look at them? What inspires you sculpture
0: wise, if it's not hyper-realist? Oh, but well, the old masters are. Uh, really, you yeah, you like the old I masters? Old Italian masters. Yeah. You guys have a couple,
1: <laughs> I think. No one, uh, you know, worth remembering. What Michael? I said no uh, one worth remembering. No, no, no. That no, Michael no. Sutton no. guy.
0: Oh yeah, no, <laughs> no, but. No. Um, I I always loved William Turner, Joseph Turner, the painter. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the yellow, the I don't know, the way he was painting. So is that um, is that
1: what you think? Like what's your personal philosophy of art? Like should art not be mimic the real? Should it be something other than the real?
0: Um, I think it should mimic the the real, if it has a, a real meaning behind it. Yeah. That's totally, yeah, that's... Uh, Ron Mueck and many others, or, or the way some of the hyper-realistic guys took reality and transformed it and deformed it, also is very interesting to me. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't know I like painting so much because it's it feels to me like more there's more freedom to it right you know? yeah you and get
1: you're, you're kind of excited about painting that's interesting yeah, that's why I'm here yeah I'm yeah, the I only sculptor really, yeah and by the way yeah, nobody knows but Walter is the only 3D artist here working with three painters yeah I was wondering how that was going to be for you but I knew you knew Daniel so I didn't think there would be an issue but it was interesting that you would want to do that
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I wanted to challenge, challenge myself just to see what, what could come up with, I don't know. Like, I never had the chance to, to see painters painting and, and chatting within, between them and yeah. so it was really, really attracting to me. Yeah. Because it's not something that happens every day, right? right oh, well I mean well
1: for us it does <laughs> no I understand because it's been the same like I've never had the chance to really see anybody do what you do in person and I think it, with when you do it long enough like we do like and it's your career you can there's not I don't want to say it gets boring but it, it is more exciting to see somebody else's process oh, like yeah. oh something new yeah, like yeah. watching when you're putting the um, the doing a mold of Martinez's face like I'd only seen that I remember, like, because I think I told you this, like, when, actually when I was younger, I wanted to do movie effects. Mm-hmm. I was going to quit painting, and uh, I was, I was going to go to the, I think it was Screaming Mad George had a school in, like, Canada or something, and I was going to do that. And that's the only time I'd seen people do that was in magazines. So seeing, it was like a childhood dream, seeing you do a <laughs> mold of her face. Like, oh, my God, this is how they do it. So yeah, I think it's always, we get excited about somebody else's process. Yeah, that's funny. Do, do, and do you ever, because that's another thing I was thinking about, um, how traditional do you get with sculpting? Because you do a lot of mold making and then mm-hmm. you'll add things. But do you, do you ever do like just from
0: a block of plasticine, oh, sure, sure.
1: sculpt from that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everything that I've done till now is like from scratch, even the big stuff. Okay. Uh, okay. We, we, we didn't, uh, oh, actually the only time that we kind of uh, use some of the 3D like in the way mm, that the, the was David Bowie's eyes. Basically, I sculpted like a maquette, like a bigger um, head mm-hmm. of Bowie's eyes. And we scanned it, because it, it was the first time that we started to use 3D scan, photo scan. And stuff. Oh, okay. So we photo scanned the, the eyes and we, and we were not good at all in 3D, but uh, back in the days, you know, some time ago. So we basically scaled up just the very generic shape of the eyes, mm-hmm. um, and then we applied more plasticine on top, and we and and then we sculpted everything like and um, basically because I didn't um, quite knew what was the right expression that the eyes had to. Oh have, yeah, yeah. We basically sculpted everything mm-hmm. in plastiline on top, like. The wow. thickness of the plastering was so much, basically, yeah. uh, the three D stuff was just, uh, just holding up for the plastering. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't like down. Oh, it was to, like the armature like, for yeah, the yeah. It was yeah. basically an armature. Yeah, oh, that's um, crazy. Yeah, but I'm planning to do to to implement more of the three D stuff just just to speed up the process. But basically, you still have to sculpt. Uh, your model, maybe it can be one-to-one scale, just, uh, I mean, like a small scale, and then you can 3D scan it and um, and then print it in big, but then st- you will still have to go on top with more plastiline to do the fine details and all of that, and then do the mold and then cast it in whatever material you yeah. have to cast it with. And that actually, it, some of you just reminded me,
1: um, because you brought that 3D sculpture with this, mm-hmm. How big of a role now does... Or 3D printed sculpture, sorry. How big of a role does 3D print playing your process now? Is it something you utilize a, a lot?
0: Uh, we utilize it in, in more for the film industry. Oh, okay. I haven't done much uh, for on my own art at the moment. Like, actually, the, that piece that I just brought over, I think is the first ever piece that I would cast mm-hmm. and make it in, in bronze. Uh, just because I, I, lo- I love the dichotomy of, of being like a, a new, like a, like, a, like a 3D print, but with an old material like bronze and combining oh, yeah, the two yeah. things together. So yeah. again, it's about new and, and, and old.
1: Right, right. The meeting.
0: The, the, yeah, the meeting of, of the two. Yeah. But that's the only one. And um, it's my image. And again, I'm I'm also using many times my image in my other sculptures. So I think it's still on, on the same path of what I'm doing. Right, right. It just becomes another tool. Yeah. yeah, Because yeah. again, I came over here, but um, being a hyper-realistic sculpture is difficult to, to produce something in three weeks. Like there's so many it tools and impossible. so much... Too much right. stuff that I, that I need to... To do uh, to me it was just um, just a way to, to meet you guys to see what what was your take on things and and try to imagine new things and come up with new things on on my side yeah but I never thought I could uh, I could have done like a hyper realistic sculpture here in three weeks right from from the first yeah weeks. I mean the painting alone takes what a week on some of the <laughs> <time>? <laughs> yeah so, uh, but, but I'm very happy because um, I think it's really helping me to visualize new things, new ideas, and, and also pushing me to do th- <coughs> uh, things faster. Yeah. With just being here? Yeah, being here. Yeah. Like, like trying to imagine how to to do things in a way that are more spontaneous. Ah, uh, right? okay. Like yeah, yeah. Trying to produce art pieces that are more, that takes less Less time, basically Than, right, than right. months, yeah, <laughs> months. That's so crazy.
1: Mm. I used to I it, years ago when I was out of school I used to do hyperreal paintings or more photoreal, I guess you call. And um, I think I it was Martino I was talking to earlier about that, and and that was kind of the thing for me is too. I wanted not just find a, a quicker way to make art, but I couldn't take the process anymore. Like it seemed absurd to me to to spend. Three mm. weeks, four weeks on one painting mm. just to get that process. And then at the end, at least for me, looking at hyperreal paintings, then I started to see, like, what's the point mm. if I could take a photograph?
0: The funny thing is that I, I could easily do that. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm um, by myself. I, I could, uh, could sit there and do it. But I'm trying not to do it so it doesn't bother you at all but you're, you're yeah, interrupting it. even when you when you punch hair in, into a big head it can take yeah. easily two weeks yeah just, just by punching one by one yeah the hair and then there's all the cutting and the styling missing and yeah, that's yeah. just one of the other processes yeah <clears throat> so I'm naturally uh, pushed towards sitting there and, and spend weeks on something yeah but it's something that I'm trying not to Obviously, I will do it, but I'm also pushing myself to see things differently. Right. And this is why I'm here, basically. I okay. think. Yeah, you think. I think. We'll see. We'll see. It'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> so what's
1: what's next for you after this?
0: Uh, good point. I'm going to go back and relax for a bit. <laughs> no, Maybe get that villa. <laughs> that sweet so <you>, so <laughs> villa. Yeah. Uh no, I got my workshop waiting for me. Got my guys working on something. Uh, yeah, so mention thing. that real quick,
1: because uh again, I want people to know like the the many facets you have. So you have your own workshop. Yeah. Going back to that, uh, what is exactly
0: is, do you do? There? This is actually the first time that I that I leave that Martina and I leave our workshop by its own. Oh first wow. First time. Ever. Okay. And we have a really nice guy who's taking care of. Well, many, like all all of them are really nice guys Mm -hmm. and um, our supervisor is someone that we know from years and he's a very nice guy. And we are basically uh, working on some mannequins, some arty mannequins from um, a very big uh, mall, shopping mall. A shopping mall in Hong Kong, right? In Hong Kong. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's this... Brands that I won't say the name. Okay. Uh, basically, this this big um, shop. Yeah. was asked for... Um, We're live. You can come in. Go ahead. This Dan
1: Hopper. We're being interu- interrupted by guest number one. <laughs> Dan Nopin is
0: walking in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we uh, photo scanned uh, real people and and 3d print them uh-huh. as mannequins basically so the uh, the arms comes off the body yeah. and there's a leg coming off the body so you can dress them and they are basically kind of rough 3d printed and put together and send it together like you you could see all the blocks building up the body oh i see yeah yeah and because they wanted to keep like a really um, art, uh, artisan feel to like an artistic feel to it, like, feel. Feel to it. like yeah. you could you could really see all the work that was behind these bodies. Oh,
1: that's interesting. Yeah. Whereas usually it's all covered up. Yeah. So immediately that makes me think of a painting where you can mm-hmm. see the, the hand, the, work, the yeah, evidence yeah. of labor. Yeah. Yeah. You of see of all the labor yeah. behind yeah. Them, behind
0: nice. it. and it, I think it makes it feel more like more artistic because it's the the way they want it to go basically yeah because apparently the owner of this big mall is, is in very much involved into art and the oh, okay. foundation he's a collector himself, so everything is a bit art connected uh, uh, related really nice that's it, so this is the well, what we're doing uh, we are um, we have also other uh, jobs coming up, like a bu- couple of movies in November mm-hmm. and also uh, another artist asking for molds and casting pieces for him and a few other things. Yeah, you do work for other artists as yeah. well. Yeah. But, but again, I'm <clears throat> now I'm basically trying to get the workshop going. By itself, if any possible, so I can take as much time off as possible to, to Yeah. What
1: and talk about what is the workshop? What do you do there?
0: The, the uh, we do everything like uh, we do from sculpting to final s- sculpture, or if if it's for a sculptor, otherwise we, we do prosthetic makeup. Uh-huh. Uh, we do props, we do some props. We do uh, everything which is art related. Okay. I think. Yeah, and you uh, do internships. Oh yeah, yeah. We also give some some workshops um, for for the guys that wants to learn how to paint on silicone, sculpt, mm-hmm. uh, make prosthetics. So yeah, we give like uh, like short and medium uh, length uh, classes. Workshops, workshops, Classes. Go. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah and this is also a good way for us to discover new talented people that could help us in the workshop yeah cuz yeah there's all mm, well the two things are separated like the workshop itself is it's very much uh, on commission mhm a commissioned work and and there's the other side of the workshop which is which is just my my personal projects nice and and Whenever I can, I, I, I can also ask the guys to give me some help. Because um, it's, it's um, as I said, it's a very long process to get, yeah, to produce like, a, let's say the big hand. Yeah. It, was, it was four months of work and we were working four to six people. Like it was Martina and I and we had um, <clears throat> a few assistants helping us. Uh, molding. Um, mold, the molding process is very long then. Okay. Um, what was I saying? Oh, I think it
1: brings up the that question of, in the piece, what is the art in the piece? Mm-hmm. How much of it is a labor? How much
0: of it is the idea? <coughs> yeah, there's also a big different difference between painting, if I can say, and sculpture, yeah. Yeah. like, I'm on the side of the artist as to be the artisan, as a base, mm-hmm. you know, okay. as a concept. Mm-hmm. But I would be more surprised if... Painter is not the painter, but the assistant doing the painting. Really? Then, the entire thing? Yeah. I mean, I would expect for uh, for the painter to be the artisan. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the guy that does the actual painting. But uh, to me, it makes more sense if the sculptor is the sculptor and, and does the sculpture and then there is some assistant helping him out mm-hmm. with the more things related to the process Mm -hmm. but again it's just my concept because nowadays uh, well it's been a while that the artist might be just the director the supervisor the architect of the of the the art piece Mm -hmm. whether it be the painting or the sculpture so I think we are obviously both artisans and artists, but then again, it's not how it really works nowadays, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, our, our methods of working have to change with the times
0: mm. a little bit. I think things. Yeah, the faster. concert. Looks, mm.
1: But it depends on what the, the artwork is, too. You know, I I don't see why, like, you know, for a painter. I used to think that way but if somebody like let's say in the paintings there's usually these big swatches of green in the background I wouldn't expect the painter to paint every single one of those and every single mm-hmm. you could have your assistant paint that it's yeah. no big deal no I think there's a gray area there but it's weird I just it, for even myself I, I give more leeway to the sculptor like it seems like that it's built into that pro, or that that medium that you're going to have assistance doing a certain part of the work and it's okay.
0: Yeah, because then again, it's, it's still an industry. It's still, a, it's still a job. It's still... Right. Because everybody thinks, oh, artists, but, but it's a proper job. It's a it's an industry, It's even if it's very small in compared to other um, industries. Yeah. But, you know... Um, because especially nowadays you have to be the artisan, the artist, the promoter, the um, accountant, the yeah. you have to be many things the together. administrator, administrator. <laughs> so it's a lot of hats. Even if you you're not touching the the art piece you will definitely be able to communicate what you want maybe down to the finest detail and being able to communicate it's it, it's definitely part of the job yeah even if it's within yourself that you do it yourself or even if you just communicate to someone else to do it for you yeah but then and then i'm i still think that there this this as we said before that the art piece it's it, it will tell you, it will uh, will come up with by itself. So uh, the artist has to be there, you know, even if he doesn't touch right. it, he has to take decisions and work around it to, to make it work. Yeah, he has to at least be the producer
1: in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point.
0: Okay.
1: Well, we're getting up there. And I think you're probably as tired as I am. <laughs> so maybe we'll call this a, a done. Anything you want to throw in towards the end?
0: Yeah, you should come and visit us in Italy.
1: Thank you, thank you. I, I definitely will, man. I'm excited Good. to. Well, I'll try and do it sooner than later, but I would love okay. to. And uh, to see your workshop, I think, would be amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. But um, we will wait for you. Thank you. And on my side, man, thank you for doing this. I didn't intend my to pleasure. do this podcast when I got here. But after seeing everybody work and especially seeing you guys work, uh, it was really inspired to me. So I, I felt selfish. I wanted to sit down for an hour and just talk with you. So <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thank you. My pleasure. Really. Right on. Okay.